afternoon and welcome to all our podcast listeners. If there are any of you out there, your feedback is always uh, greatly received and anticipated. So a a little treat for you all today. I've managed to secure some time in the elusive diary of the MD of Novus. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Moira Stewart. (laughs) Please introduce yourself. I'm very posh. (laughs) There's always a first. My name is Chris Hill, uh, and as Moira has just stated, I am the Managing Director of Novus Project Management. Welcome, Chris. So for those of that don't know much about you or Novus, what can you tell us? So I've been in project management for about 15 or so years. Started off in Mace, cut my teeth there, and over about five or six years in different guises, there was always a plight to start my own business and uh, I was given the opportunity to do so. And so jumped in with both feet really in 2013. So it's nearly eight years ago. I've had a couple of uh, a couple of wobbles in between where I joined um, and some alliances with uh, some bigger corporates, but soon learned that the heart is at the, uh, the small business end, I think, and having a bit more, a bit more control. Okay, excellent. Well, it's very lovely to meet you. And you. Snigger, snigger. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been in project management for 15 years. Has that solely been in Birmingham? Uh, Yeah, it has. Yeah, so we've always lived uh, some distance away from from Birmingham, so we've always been travelling. But um, yeah, I came from a modular construction background, dabbled a little bit in project management there. Thought I was a project manager there, to be honest with you, until I was introduced to what project management really is when I joined NACE <laughs> and yeah got a bit of a shock to be honest with you so it was a bit of sink or swim I swam you're obviously was, a swimmer which was good yeah but yeah so uh, all since then MACE um, worked for the NEC directly and I said done a couple of stints in, in other organisations but every bit of work I've done has been pretty centric to Birmingham and albeit further afield as well but this has been the this has been the base okay excellent so have you built up your own Novus clients over the years now? Yeah, yes, I have. Um, and I think we've carried some from the relationships that, that we've formed through that process. So, for instance, when I, the day one when I joined MACE, the NEC group became my kind of key client. And I'm you know proud to say that whether that be at MACE or every, every other guys that we've been in, particularly Novus as well over the last um, you know, seven or eight years, is delivering pretty much all their capital projects major capital projects during that period so they remain a, a key client of ours and we've we've developed various others particularly in the residential sector as well uh, you know not least core collaboration iron properties elevate uh, and such like so yeah we've a bit of both carried some and um, and developed some new that's excellent news that sounds really positive so here we are april 2021 and the last year has been quite a rough roller coaster for a lot of people within your sector um how's the last 12 months been awful to be honest from a business perspective that is it's um you know a year ago almost today we were going great guns as a business we're a particularly small business but we were developing pretty rapidly to be honest with you and uh and the likes of boris turned that switch and you know the uh, the lights went out to be honest so we I'm a positive character to be honest with you and um you know, particularly with the support of the people within the business we thought we would drive positively 
forward regardless of what work we had or hadn't um you know stepped into the breach of developing our own office within the middle of the pandemic um remarketing rebranding trying to get ourselves a bit ahead of the curve to be honest with you and it's We've had times of despondence over the last 12 months, but, you know, in the last, say, four to six weeks, as the world seems to be coming back to life, I think all those efforts that we put in place in that period of time of starting to pay dividends, and you couldn't see that a number of months ago, but, you know, now you can retrospectively look back. I think what we did was the right thing, to be honest. Yeah, it's hindsight's a, a magical thing, isn't it? So if you... If you could go back to April 2020, would you actually change anything? Uh, do you know, I don't think I would. Uh, as I say, that, you know, as we were going through that process since 2020, in, you know, April 2020, um, we, I often questioned, are we doing the right thing here? You know, we were investing in people, we're investing in technology, in an office space, in marketing. And, you know, people did question me outside of the business saying, is that really what you should be doing when, you know, there's, you're on one hand saying you haven't got a great deal of work um, because of the the pandemic, so why aren't you saving that money? So it's a little bit of, I suppose, speculate to accumulate. And yes, it was a risk, um, but again, I think think that's paid off looking, you know, to where we currently are and things are looking very, very positive again like they were... 12 months ago before this pandemic hit. That, it sounds quite inspiring what you're saying and gives that little bit of light in order for those still struggling now just to keep persevering if they're in a, an ability to do so. Uh, to me, you know, I suppose people are different, but my character, uh, my mentality is you've got, you've got to look forward. Looking backwards is going to get you, get you nowhere. And you've got to take... You've got to take some risks with that. And, you know, so I wouldn't say everything we've done's paid off, to be honest with you. But um, as a as a whole, you know, as a, as a collective, I, I think it has. And I wouldn't like to have been sat here now with you asking me this question, saying, do you wish you would have done the things that actually you did do, but you, did, you know, and, but you didn't. Um, so I'm glad I did, <laughs> if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does. So you sound very goal-driven person and you have lots of hopes and aspirations for Novus moving forward over the next coming years Chris outside of Novus what are, what are what goals drive you yeah I seem I am I suppose for the people that know me will, will know that both in and out of business I am equally as driven by by having a goal uh, I think I have to have if I haven't got some structure to um to, to what I'm doing, I, I tend to struggle, and and I can't project manage myself for, for the life of me. I can. Do you I, think any project managers can? Um, well, manage themselves. Probably, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, my uh, my success has come from managing others, but when it comes to myself, probably not not so good. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So very very. What was your question? As Chris, as a person, rather than Chris within business, yeah. do you have any goals that drive you? Yeah, sorry, I was rambling on, forgot what you said. Um, <laughs> Most people do, don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i very much into fitness. You're looking at me right now in uh, April 2021, that's probably... This is probably why it's a podcast, don't worry, people can't see you right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, that, that's ideal. <laughs> no photos. The uh, Yeah, the last 12 months has been a little bit difficult in that regard, but um, I do like, you know, as much as I... 
I work hard. I like to try and play hard as well. And, uh, you know, cycling, I suppose, is the biggest key that used to take me away from, uh, you know, the, the ongoing thoughts of what you've got to do in business um, and kind of take you away a little bit to a utopia where you, you don't have to worry about that. So the cycling kind of empties my mind, if if you like. Okay, so for those very keen cyclists out there that do or don't know you, what are you riding at the moment? <laughs> I've got, much to my wife's dismay, I have a, quite a collection of um, two-wheeled uh, machines. Oh that, dear. Of um, at some expense as well, I suppose it's a it's a little bit of a, a fetish of mine. Um, that's that's been driven or born from a very young age cycling, and now. Uh, they seem a bit bit more like collector's items hanging on a wall than they do going out ridden on the road. But um, yeah, so I ride a number of uh, different steeds. Uh, <laughs> I've got different bikes for different occasions, if you like. Not not sort of like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday bike, <laughs> but well, you know, mountain bike, time trial bike, uh, okay, uh, you know, all rounder, winter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so now you're talking a foreign language. So I take it when your wife says she needs a handbag for different occasions, you don't argue with her? No, she's got a lot more handbags than I've got bikes. And probably just as expensive, to be honest. I doubt that. (laughs) So you said you liked cycling from a young age. So go back to that childhood. What was your bike then? So... Going back as far as I can remember, there was a uh, my brother. Not last week. <laughs> yeah, my memory's probably not so good now. <laughs> uh, my brother's five years older than me, and he used to have a rally chopper. Oh, always wanted one of those. Never actually got one, but I had the mini version because I was younger. Of uh, it's called a budgie, so it was actually a chopper, but it was a it was a smaller. And then progressed up to BMXs. A grifter, which was a massive tank. If that bike ever fell on you, you'd break your bones. And then entered into the kind of racing. And it's just spiralled since, I suppose. Spiralled out of control by the sounds. <laughs> not, not in my regards. It's N plus one is the equation, <laughs> where N is the amount of bikes you've got. And There's always one more to get. Yeah, exactly. So do you have a favourite bike shop then? I do. Okay. Come on, name and shame. I uh, I'm a big believer of supporting local businesses. To be honest with you, so I'm not a big fan of buying, particularly off the internet, service and you know how you get treated. In I suppose when you're buying anything is is great. You know you go to a restaurant, the better you're served, the you're the better you back. feel. Yeah. And the same applies to bike shops. And there's a guy called Dave Meller in Shrewsbury. He's uh, a well-known character. Actually, kind of you know he's, he rode himself. His son was an is an pro or certainly ex-pro um and it, yeah he's fantastic and it kind of treats you like you're the his only customer um and i you probably I'm not, are i'm not surprised <laughs> the amount of money i've spent in his shop to <laughs> he be doesn't honest need to sell to anyone else by I, the sound i think every time i go in and buy a bike i think he disappears for three weeks on a holiday <laughs> cycling holiday no mm, doubt my money Okay, so you've obviously followed cycling. Um, Tour de France, I would imagine, is a big thing for you. Do you know any famous... Have you come across any famous paths of cyclists? I have indeed. Ooh. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's a guy, maybe not many listeners will know, but there's a guy who rode kind of in the 60s, 70s, uh, called Barry Hoban. Uh, he's actually in the Hall of Fame of British Cycling. He probably, I don't know, he's about... Late seventies now. Anyway, you found out um, through 
friends of a friend that he lived within about three miles of where we lived. So I kind of pushed to get introduced to him, um, went up to his house and over many visits, drank copious amounts of his red wine, uh, listening to all his stories repeatedly, actually. But uh, but they were very interesting stories. And actually his wife used to be married to Tom Simpson, famous Tom Simpson. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the pair of them used to have um, some great stories. So, yeah, developed a good friendship with them and learned quite a lot about how cycling was, you know, back in that era, which is uh, evidently a lot different to what it is now. Yeah, so that strikes me as um, safety. It wasn't so safe when you look at all the old photos. They didn't really care about safety. You were helmet for all rides. Kind of guy. Oh, absolutely, I think it's uh, safety first, kids. Certainly for your for your head. I mean, on your you're questionable about your your body when you're just wearing <laughs> millimeters of um, or half a millimeter of lycra on on top of you, which isn't, isn't a great sight. I don't think for for many mammals as they uh, as they're called. But um, but yeah, got to wear a hat. Absolutely, you're going speeds at you know speeds of fifty plus. You don't want to be coming off and smacking Ouch. your head on tarmac at that speed. That's for sure. Have you ever done any overseas cycling? I have, yeah. So there's a group of friends uh, of us that haven't done it so much for obvious reasons in the in the recent say eighteen months. But um, we used to go every year to Gran Canaria. There was started with five of us, ended up with four of us. Um, we'd go over for a week and just a kind of lads' holiday. But it wasn't the your typical lads' holiday. It was just full of beer and nightclubs and stuff yeah we we drank plenty of beer don't get me wrong but you spend seven or eight hours out on the bike in beautiful weather fantastic scenery yeah that's the that's the kind of utopia that uh, nice that that i like yeah well well i say nice it's not my idea of nice and by the sounds of it you live a bit of a crazy lifestyle what do you mean 50 miles an hour on a bike creating an office in a in a pandemic have they been your craziest ideas (laughs) <laughs> to date no probably not okay so what would you say was your craziest idea so i um again I probably hear this statement a number of times on this podcast much to my wife's dismay um there used to be a period you know particularly in the construction industry the period of christmas everything shuts down you don't get bothered with your your emails and your calls and such like so you get time to f- reflect a little bit i suppose and that is that period, usually between Boxing Day and New Year's Day, I'll kind of uh, muster up some kind of daft challenge that I'll do the, the year after. This sounds very um, intriguing. So it started, you know, maybe not so daft with, yeah, you kind of triathlons, maybe the number of, the, of them I did in a year was probably the daft point, through to what I did a couple of years ago, which was an Ironman, Ironman Wales. Renowned to be probably one of the toughest on the planet because of its terrain, but it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a tough challenge. A lot of training. Uh, the event was um, considerable, particularly as I don't like swimming in open water. So once I got out of the water, I thought I knew I'd become an Iron Man, even if I was crawling on the tarmac after that. But what an event that was! Absolutely fantastic. And I had also signed up last year, albeit it got cancelled for an event called Race Across Europe, which is 3,000 miles as fast as you can do it on your own, uh, albeit it was being supported, um, semi-supported with a van. And you've got to do it in circa 16 days. 
Um, so yeah, that got cancelled. I, I suppose I'm pretty glad it did because uh, <laughs> my fitness yeah. was dropping <laughs> during the course of last year. But yeah, so I've d- I've done various things, but I'm getting to that age now where I probably need to stop doing that because my body probably can't catch up with my mind. Yeah, that that does sound maybe a pause. Wait, wait for retirement, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. A bit more time on your hands. Hopefully, that's not too far away. Well, never say never. No. So, if those of the listeners that have listened to the podcast series so far uh, may have realised regarding your Ironman because you did it in support of St Basil's. I did. What drove you to that? St Basil's. I think they they're, they're fairly prominent in in the. The local region, um, you know, often saw whether that be on LinkedIn or the big sleep out that people used to do when I was at Mace and, and such. And I think the cause is is fantastic. There's clearly a, uh, an issue out there on the streets with, you know, both particularly young people, but but all people that are unfortunate and haven't got a home uh, or enough funds to to survive without having to ask for from others. So. You know, I thought to myself, this is its a pretty big challenge. It's not something people do every day, and you could utilise this, particularly in the network of people that I work with um, in, the, in the city and the corporates that could maybe assist in um, you know, not only me satisfying my own needs to, to do a big event like that, but actually why not utilise that opportunity to, to raise some funds for charities as good as um, St Basil's and... Um, you know, just like the I uh, heard the podcast with with St Basil's, and you know, echo the meeting that I had with Barry Hodge, and you know, equally we were as inspired about each I'm other. Crazy, and and so not only is it a, a charity, a worthwhile charity, I think the the people that we've engaged with and become friends with, and that have just made it, um, I suppose, even more poignant to to help and support and and. I will continue to do so. So, you know, when we get to do this Race Across Europe um, event, that will be in support of St Basil's. Or otherwise, there is a pending this year, whether it happens or not, is a Ironman in Portugal I'm doing with a friend called Todd. It's six months from, from where we are sitting talking present day, it's six months. And I'm probably about well, a year away to get into back to fitness for, uh, for that. But... Yeah, there we go. There's another challenge, you see. There's something I like to do what people think I can't do. So I have actually done a little bit of research on you, Chris. Um, BYPY. (laughs) Yeah, for for those of you that don't know what that means, that's Birmingham Young, I emphasise Young Professional of the Year. Why does it have to be young? You've got to be, the threshold for it is 35. Um, So you won it a little while ago then? (laughs) Cheeky, yeah, I did. And and I only just scraped in. So the awards was in... As in age qualification. Oh, yeah, let's uh, clarify okay. that, yeah. Didn't scrape... <laughs> <laughs> Not through as quality. I mean, as, as age. Yeah, scraped in on the basis of age because the awards are in May. My birthday for, for being 35, I think it was. Uh, it was July. So, yeah, just just got in. But I've still got. I'm very, very proud of that award. Uh, you'll come into our office, and it, while it's eleven years ago, it's still out, still on display. Yeah, on display, cleaned regularly. <laughs> For those of you that are award winners, I'm sure that you can um, show a little bit of empathy with the polishing of trophies there. So, so BYP White, obviously, you were working in Birmingham, so it would have been a close award to your heart to acquire. 
how did it what were you working on how did you actually manage to fall into that threshold so this is my days at mace and as i mentioned earlier uh, the nec group was probably it's probably the only client i was working with there but they had some considerable schemes and i think it was the lg arena what was the lg arena at the point in time so you know bearing in mind i just stepped into project management this was a 30 million pound scheme so it's you know it's a bit of a bit of a jump up from what i had previously and mace they run these customer satisfaction surveys as a as a rule across across their business and rarely is a hundred percent scored but yours truly here managed to get them three times <laughs> congratulations uh, and i was the only person within mace at the time you know within about i don't know was it two two and a half thousand people that, that had achieved it so i bet you didn't tell many people about that at the time <laughs> no, i was very modest i can imagine and in fact i was uh, gifted an award at a mace party for it by jimmy carr so there you go oh, yeah so there was a they had a big christmas do with with everybody from the entire business across the country and jimmy carr was hosting and uh yeah managed to shake his hand and get that award but i think also on the back of that mates were very keen on putting people forward for byp on a yearly basis and i suppose i was fortunate enough to be that candidate that year and uh, it was the year after anthony mccourt had won it actually so he was on the panel um judging me along with paul tandy from wow. chief exec of the nec and various others it was a very daunting experience i can imagine so you obviously met them and were interviewed as such by them and had to go through the yeah yeah so it started it was a paper ex- paper exercise to start with to get shortlisted once you were shortlisted you got then uh, requested to attend an interview and I, uh, I think there was about eight of them uh, yeah and you were kind of taken into a room not knowing what they were going to ask and yeah it was it a sweaty experience <laughs> let's put it that way um and then you get taken out of that and then you get actually videoed uh which they show on the night which was oh prob- nice which was probably even worse but um but yeah it well, was congratulations good. but just to be just to clarify i won my sector i didn't win the overall award i won the property sector so that was good enough for you yeah and good luck to anybody competing in the years to come for BYPY. It is, by the way, it is probably on the calendar of uh, black tie events, probably the best event. It's really, really well run. It's quite dynamic. And um, yeah, I think it's great. Excellent. So if you could win an award in the future for something, what would that award be and why? <sighs> Said the horse. Do you know, I'll tell you what I would like to win, actually, maybe not for me, but for the for the businesses. I mentioned that we're quite a small business, but we're, you know, I think we're quite well known in the city uh, and, and we're growing. But I'd love to win like Project Manager of the Year Award for the business. And because uh, I, I think we're, I think we deserve it because I think we are the best project management company here in the city. Many would argue that, but um, I'd, I'd love to win that for the kudos for the, the business, particularly and those that that uh, do all the hard work within it because that is actually something that maybe many people don't know about novus is that novus is a very small company and you are the managing director of but you are actually uh do a lot of the project management work as well alongside the team yeah absolutely so um it's a fairly flat structure here they don't charge about banging the table saying i'm managing director i am very much still on the ground 
working, uh, you know, day to day. I still write minutes. I will, you know, still get my hands dirty, and and I love that's what I love. To be honest with you, it's the um, I suppose there's a little bit of a control thing there, just to, because I'd like to know everything that's going on, and I suppose unless you're doing that ground level piece of work, it's difficult if you're floating around kind of a high level. You, you, I don't know. I, th- I just don't feel I've got that kind of level of control, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing because you've got to empower others to to do it, which which I'm learning to be honest <laughs> with you. So people that work with you outside of Nova, so all the other disciplines and clients that you all work alongside, and it all becomes one group of people together, will know there is a Novus way of doing things that you that yeah. That the team like it done a particular way. Do you think that that has set you in good stead? Uh, yeah, I think on a day to day basis they all whinge about it because um, <laughs> don't yeah, we all? We're, 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 we are taskmasters, I suppose. But that's what we get paid to do. We're our clients, you know, expect us to drive their jobs, and in order to do that, you gotta you gotta crack the whip. <laughs> to be honest with you, with some of the some of the team. But you know, so I suppose we're fortunate working with these other disciplines that they've got they've got great teams as well so ordinarily you haven't got to get you know you haven't got to get raggy with them um some some you do but uh yeah there is a i think the repeat business that we work with these other people there's a level of expectation they know what we're, they know what we're after and we're only doing it for the good of the project rather than for anything else to be honest absolutely and, and i think that kind of shows why you and your core dis- disciplines work with similar clients and you retain those clients for many years so speaking of these clients if they could describe you just you not not novice in one word what would that word be probably nightmare high maintenance that's, that's, two, that's words. two words yeah i don't think i'm high maintenance at all. <laughs> they, they were my words <laughs> i don't know there's i suppose it depends who you ask but I'm, I'm not sure to be honest with you there's uh i think i don't know i, I don't, really don't i know. don't think anybody wants to know realistically what that one word would be about anything would it because you automatically go oh no if i was to, i suppose if i was trying to amalgamate everything that i think people might think the word might be motivated I'm, su- I'm, I'm sure there's various derivatives of that that <laughs> good and bad that they would say but I think they would all say that I was motivated. Yes, I'm, from being part of the Novus team, I would thoroughly agree with that explanation. And that energy, I feel, bleeds into the team as well. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think it's important. Yeah, Very much. So obviously Novus is your life, your whole life, uh, personal and business life. But if, if Novus wasn't on the scene, what would you be doing? Good question. I do sometimes wake up, uh, as much as I love my work and my business, thinking there are got to be easier ways to make a living than uh, than this, because it can be quite tough sometimes, which I'm sure many people would share the opinion. Um, what would I do? I think the bikes, the love of bikes would probably come into this. I, I've got a good, pretty good knowledge of bikes, to be honest with you. Handlebars, seat, saddle. I know all that. Yeah, and I can point them, point them out. I c- you could colour them in. Picture <laughs> could do. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd. Um, I think I'd like to take my love of bikes and the experience that I have gained with with uh, 
cycling overseas and do a kind of a, some touring cycling uh, experience. There's a, so Grand Canaria, for instance, there's a, there's a company there called Free Motion. They do they kind of run uh, that whole island uh, where they take people out all different levels, whether you're experienced or, or not. I think I would just love that. It'd be great. Cycling all day and meeting new people. Yeah. And being well fed along the way. Oh yeah, because that's one good thing about going over there. It's all about not about just cycling. It's the coffee stops, BOT sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so club, club sandwiches. That's what they were. So that sounds like you'd need a lottery win to finish off, complete the journey of Novus in years to come, and then would that be your impulsive lottery purchase, or have you got another one? Well, how much money do you think you'd need for that? I could probably use all the bikes I've got. That's a good 30 people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're just going to live on the streets, are you? Um, do you know, I've not got... I really haven't got a wish to be a millionaire. I don't often sit there thinking... Oh, no, I meant a tenner. If you want a tenner on the lottery, oh, okay. what would you impulse? If I want, a, if I want a tenner, I'd jack everything. That's it, and go off to Grand Canaria. I'm gone. <laughs> Once I've got my COVID passport. <laughs> yes, yes. Are you in that age bracket, Chris? No, you mentioned the C word. Age bracket for what? Vaccine. I've had my first, yeah, uh, only a couple of weeks ago. So, um, And rumour has, has it that you had a, a bout of COVID over the last year? I did. 2020, I was uh, one of those many hundreds of thousands of people that were in attendance at Cheltenham. And when I came back from that the day after, yeah, I was struck down with uh, with COVID for for a few weeks. But the, um, are you sure it wasn't a really bad hangover from Cheltenham? <laughs> they don't normally last three weeks, to be okay. honest. Maybe just a couple. There you go. <laughs> but I suppose, yeah. So I had that, and uh, unfortunately, probably only until recently, I've been suffering from long COVID, which is why I make reference to the fact that um, I could be fitter. Uh, things seem to be looking up, I think. But uh, but yeah, it's been. There's a brighter future ahead. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Need to shed some timber again. So one one discussion that has been coming up um, in various podcasts, and it's one of those things that you can't avoid, a little bit like vaccines, COVID, pandemic, line of duty. Oh, I love line of duty. Okay. Have you watched all of it? Yep. All the way through? Yeah, so I started on, oh, I think it was series three, is it Daniel, Daniel May one? And I was hooked from that. So once we watched that series, went back to watch one and two, and then I've seen, I think we're on series six now, one episode left. Do you have a theory? Yep. Is that your H tapping? <laughs> I'm not H, guys. I'm sorry to uh, disappoint your... I have got a theory, and I am pretty confident that I am right. Okay. Keeping it to yourself? No, I can tell everybody if you like. It, this will spoiler probably, alert. I suspect this might go out after after the last episode anyway. However, so. spoiler alert, just yeah. in case. So yeah, do you, yeah, maybe mute this if you haven't if you haven't heard it. So I don't have much substance to, <laughs> to this, but I I think this is the last episode of you know, what is it? Fifty odd episodes or whatever it might be. There's gotta be a huge curveball here. So I'm taking the obvious out. So for those that are listening that know the programme, John Corbett's wife. The Scouse woman, who's played a bit of a role through, particular, well, in the last two series. She's H, I'm telling you, 100%. And I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong. Your bike hat. <laughs> yeah, it's polystyrene, <laughs> don't want to eat that. <laughs> a 
okay, that's that's very interesting actually because I, I don't think I've heard that theory from anybody else. However, that's, the cogs are turning. Oh, you see, that's me different all over. You see, different to everybody else. I, I'm pretty. I, I'm sure I've racked through. Who isn't dead? And who isn't obvious? And that's probably my theory. That's the basis of my theory. Okay, uh, it's I've not land, a bad theory. I've to landed have. on. I can't remember her name, but John Corbett's wife will call her. Okay, are you a betting man? No. 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 So you wouldn't put a bet on it? No, I'm. I'm that confident. I think I would, but ordinarily I'm not a betting man. But why would you like um, a bet? Uh, no, no, no. I'm. If I bet you that ten quid and I win, that's Grand Canaria. I'm off. <laughs> Uh, sorry, don't, Nova's don't, team. <laughs> don't, need, don't need to win the lottery. <laughs> I may have um, just disposed of the uh, the MD. Whoopsie. <laughs> so you you mentioned before about getting up in the morning, and things could there's got to be easier things to do in life. If you were asked a question, what gets you up in the morning? How would you answer it? My alarm clock. Alexa's the right cow, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Yeah, especially going off at five o'clock in the morning. And if I've got a train in the morning, so often because of work. Train as in choo-choo train? No, uh, train as in cycle train. So I've got a nutter of a coach, uh, which I do virtually. In, so it's indoor cycling on a platform called Swift. So he generally is the thing that gets me up in the morning, albeit begrudgingly. So he beasts me for usually for an hour, an hour plus, uh, often half past five in the morning. Well, I say often. It's not as often now as it used to be, but... At least a couple of times a week. Yeah, I'd like to say that sets me up for the day, but not when I've got to walk up and down these stairs in the <laughs> office afterwards. So th- I actually truly believe you now that you are a different character to the norm. And one of Novus's key lines is that we are differentiators. So those that didn't know Novus before, but know a little bit more as the podcast series goes on and more visits to our, to the web page and to our LinkedIn profile, they will realise more and more that we are a company full of differentiators. Absolutely. Question for you. Phobias. Got any phobias? <laughs> I've, I've got a few. Okay. I think I think the um, one that jumps springs straight to mind is, is flowing water. Uh, I've always got a phobia that that came from an incident that I had in the first house that uh, I had bought off my brother left me with dodgy plumbing oh so the sound of flowing water sound. rather than looking it oh yeah sound of okay. um, so quick uh, delve into that story so i bought as i say i bought a house off my brother it had some dodgy plumbing and uh, it had this massive bath that if you were overfilled or, or filled up too much it would create an airlock in the in the system and you'd have to run water through it um, sorry to interrupt chris it wasn't a, an avocado corner suite was it <laughs> it was actually yeah. huge one that sounds delightful yeah yum um anyway uh yeah you'd have to run uh flow some water in for, for a procedure that i won't delve into but you'd have to only do it for a certain period of time because the dodgy plumbing in the loft never had an overflow so it'd fill the tank up and uh i did this one day went back to sit into the into the living room and delved into whatever i was watching on tv and then sat there i don't know about 20 minutes later thinking muted the telly what's that noise my wife that was with me saying, I can't hear anything, put telly back on. And then, you know, did that a couple of times and then decided to venture out there and discover that water was pouring through two floors of the house, which rendered the house inhabitable. 
my wife was pregnant at the time, wasn't uh, heavily pregnant, wasn't very impressed, and we we had to move out. So yeah, since then, actually, every time I hear water, it makes me perk up a bit. Yeah, a bit like a dog, and your ears prick up, and you think, uh oh. Yeah. Like and the I'm, postman's just arrived. The uh, hate spiders. Hate them. Okay. Yeah. But you're bigger than spiders. Yeah. But I don't bite. They do. I'm not sure all our listeners will agree with that. Yes. So yeah, um, Laura, my wife is the is the one that deals and addresses with spiders in the house, um, irrespective of size. Don't like them. I don't think anybody in the house likes them. To be honest, she's the only one man enough to sort it out. <laughs> or woman enough, or dolphin enough, yeah, or sorry, boy or girl, or yeah. Sorry didn't if that mean, offends anybody. Didn't mean to be gender specific. You touched a little bit on family there, Chris. Family, they've all been good during the pandemic many people might not know that you've got family because you just have this novus hat on and that's the way you like to be seen and heard y- yes i have got a family a wife of uh how many years now 22 just written down on a bit of paper <laughs> yeah wife of 22 years been together 25 and I've got we've got two kids, uh, not really kids anymore. So I've got Reese, my son, who works within the business actually. So he's the kind of surveying side. Uh, he's twenty two. What kind uh, of surveying do you mean, Chris? <laughs> bit of cross selling there. I'll come on to that. Let me finish because otherwise, if my daughter's listening to this, I think <laughs> I've forgotten. That. And then there's Regan, my daughter, who is twenty one. Busy house. Yeah, well, yeah, sort of. I think that they're both been good I think as they've grown up and uh, fairly independent now or one of them is at least <laughs> so you sounds like you've done things in reverse how do you mean some people are only just having their families now they did their career first yeah yeah so, we had, yeah. so I think I was 21 <laughs> let's just give Chris a minute to do all his sums yeah, let me do my maths I was good at maths at school not now Cerise is 22 I'm 46, that's 24. <laughs> 24. When, uh, yeah, when we had recent, do you know what, I'm really pleased that we did it that way around because it um, gives us a bit of um, bit of freedom. I would, as much as I love my kids, I would never have any more. We often get comments to say, yeah, I can't believe you've got kids of that age and we still have the ability to, you know, to have that bit of freedom, go away in our camper van. Oh, mm. you've got a Gloria Estevan, have you? <laughs> yeah, it's a VW camper fantastic bit of kit uh and albeit it's not been used a great deal over the last well, 12 months or so but um yeah going away this weekend actually very uh, nice abasoc very nice north wales yep apparently though i'm being told today that it's just going to chuck it down my rain all weekend but it doesn't matter I'm we can check the away. weather later food i've had a few food debates with some of my podcast guests okay and i think some of the questions are always worthy of sharing across the series the breakfast, the psychology of the breakfast plate. Okay. I have issues with breakfast plates. Do you? What issues do you have with breakfast plates? I don't like eggs and beans. What? Together. What's wrong with that? Everything. No, 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 no. Now, the perfect combination for me is if you've got particularly a bit of... Let's, let's, let's build... Dream plate. Yeah, let's construct here a breakfast plate. So, fry bread followed by... A fried egg, all very healthy, but then the beans go on top of that. So actually, they cover that Excuse egg. Excuse me, listeners. And then you eat those three layers together. Bliss. This is the project manage 
manager coming out of you on your plate. Absolutely. In everything I do. But yeah, so there's there's no barriers between those ingredients. They can't be. They have to be brought together. Combination. Yeah. A deconstructed. So you're just weird. Maybe I am the weird one, perhaps. Yep. I do know others of a similar nature, so I don't feel there's, quite there's so more weird. Of you. There are. <laughs> there is. Okay. It's a cult. La- <laughs> Last question for you, uh, Chris Hill, before you return to work. Is it finished already? Red or brown sauce? Brown. Every time, I like. I do. I, I do like red, but but brown will, will tip weapon, it. Weapon of choice. Yeah, I'll stick that on. I'd even stick that with beans, brown sauce. Uh, yeah, it'd go on everything. I'll let our listeners um, debate over that Chinese. one. I apologise, <laughs> listeners, for that revelation. <laughs> brown sauce is is the key. I mean, particularly if you're talking bacon and sausages and and stuff. That's brown sauce is the winner. And and not meaning to be a snob, it's got to be of a decent quality brown sauce as well. It can't just be, you know, you know those little sachets that you get when you go to cafes and stuff. You can't have to throw them away. HP all the way. HP, if you're listening. Yeah, HP's good. Yeah. Daddies did one as well, didn't they? Yeah, do they still make that? That's a good question. I suspect they do. Yeah, and they made a red sauce and a brown sauce, didn't they? they ah, a little bit retro there for you, mm. showing showing your age a little bit. Even though I said it. Where's my superpower question? Would you like a superpower question? Oh, well, you ask everybody else a superpower I, question. Some, some people have asked. Okay, so... I've got to think of an answer now. Yeah. Okay, so Chris, have you ever done a podcast before? First time, virgin. Okay, so you've had your cherry popped. Yep. Would you do another one? Yeah, it's been all right, actually. Put me at ease. Well, that's good. I'm, I think I put most people at ease, actually, in my booth. Welcome to Laura's booth, the midnight hour. <laughs> Sounds a bit seedy. <laughs> we can edit that bit. <laughs> so, are you much of a podcast listener? Did you know what to expect today? Do you know I haven't? No. Yeah, this is podcast series was something we thought we would not not necessarily jump on the bandwagon with. I think it was just you know, as you have quite clearly demonstrated to the public, or starting to doing that a little bit differently, like we do everything else as well, and just be bit more conversational rather than a focus on covid and how your business has been affected and you know there's a lot of that about and 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 while they are valid there's there's just too much repetition out there so um i hadn't probably got into podcasting you know one for that reason i've listened to a few but just felt like it was the same stuff but in terms of like you know famous people doing podcasts no no i haven't but you know what i might i might start um, but I would definitely do one again, sorry, to answer your question. No, yeah. no, that's okay. So you'd um could be something different for your cycling, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well I thought about um this potential six month journey to try and get to Ironman and, and trust me, if the video was on here you'd be thinking you've got longer than six months to go to do that. That I might I might try and document that, whether okay. that be through podcast or blog. Um, or video blog and just yeah uh, and not actually show that until it's done but then try and piece it together and then demonstrate how i got from a to b because i got uh, there's a guy i mentioned i'm doing it with todd uh it's a good friend of mine he's an ex-olympic swimmer oh no pressure yeah he's um he's rubbish on the bike when he first started but i've lent him a bike on the basis that he would teach me how to swim 
but he's had the bike 12 months and he hasn't given me one swimming lesson yet so um, we need That's to a sort lot of swimming we need to sort that out yeah so yeah i can't let him down i've got to, you know we're, we're i'll be going to portugal regardless well i say regardless as long as we're allowed to but i would like to i'd like to compete in it to be honest with you rather than be a cheerleader yeah. So all these events that you go to, do you have a good cheer squad? I do, yeah. My wife is particularly <laughs> smiling at me across the way there. Is an excellent support uh, on every event I do. So I've done many, many uh, over the time and she's always there to make sure that I'm watered, I'm fed, I'm encouraged. Yeah, and probably, well, it's a team effort. I, it's, I'm just the one gritting my teeth but without that support it'd be difficult but then I've got you know the, my kids come friends come so I've got a good support network definitely sounds like you need it when you're doing epic events like that yeah well I think you know going back to that Ironman Wales uh, Wales sorry um, event the reason why it's probably one of the best in the world is because of the support that's there so Tenby in Wales is quite a small town and it is descended upon by you know probably I don't know 100,000 plus probably a lot more than that, people and the entire route that you swim, ride, run on. It's just people shouting you because you've got your, you got your name on your on your number. So they actually call you as if they know you or, you know, if you f- see you're dragging your heels a bit and you know, feeling that you can't go on, they're the ones picking you up. Or, or you often get signs of people holding up saying, remember you paid to do this. <laughs> Um, in blood sweat and tears and money yeah but for any other anybody that's feeling that they want to delve into doing an Ironman I would uh, as we did actually before I did it went to go and watch it and you should definitely go it's an experience that um, kind of blew me away even more so when I did it and you're getting those people you know picking you up Mm. it's great so Chris you just mentioned then um, and a lot of people outside of Novus don't know our relationship so listeners uh, Chris and I are married we are a partnership in and out of the business how is it working with your other half Chris um, it is a lot better than I thought it would be to be honest with you Charming. I didn't mean that in a bad way <laughs> you know when you spend I suppose when you look at this uh, we effectively spend 24 hours a day with each other whether that be don't at, cry. At home, in a car, travelling to and from work or at work. But I think I think we work very well, to be honest with you. Naturally, you have your, you have your ups and downs. And I, I think I'm probably a bigger culprit than, than you are, is just trying to separate the, the home life with the work life. So actually, when you walk out the business door, you're not dwelling on you know, matters that might have happened that day, but um, which I think you're very good at. Uh, I'm... Probably not so much sometimes, but 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 ultimately, we're still here, we're still married, <laughs> we're still working together, and yeah, I think I think we're a good team. Thank you. I'm gonna relish that compliment. Um, I think I'll add a little bit onto that. You said that I'm good at the home work life balance type thing and separating those. I think, and the people that you work with especially outside of Novus, will know it's very hard for you to switch off. You will, you're, you're open to anybody contacting you at any hour of the day and you will respond 
to that person, whether you're in work, at home, on holiday, any of those. Yeah, I suppose that, you know, is a consequence of running your own business. Um, we're not nine to five as the, the industry that we work in. The issues that come out of the day-to-day things that we do don't fall between nine and five. They they happen. Agreed. At any hour of the day, and uh, yeah, if a if a client needs help, then we're there to to pick that up. You certainly are. You certainly are. So to me, it sounds like you need a superpower. <laughs> so if you were a superhero, which maybe you are in the in the project management world, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> others might think so. What would your super, super villain probably? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what would your superpower be? Right. Again, being slightly different to what you would probably ordinarily think, um, I'm going to take inspiration from uh, Carl Pilkington. If you know who Carl Pilkington is, <laughs> I do. The listeners might not. So he was on. kind of. Um, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that works with Ricky Gervais, who gets. Um, it gets sent off all over, over over the world, but I think he's hilarious. Anyway, he came up with this. Uh, uh, I think he was asked a similar question, and you know what superpower he'd be, and I think it was brilliant. His response: he said he'd be bullshit man. Sorry for the language, guys. Yeah, apologies, but uh, it's necessary for the uh, for the response. Um, in that, he would kind of Superman esque fly across a city because he's heard a conversation that's probably going on in a corporate office land through the window while they're mid-conversation, stand there and just point and say, bullshit, and then fly off again. And I think that's a great superpower. And you'd be pretty busy, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> just in Birmingham alone. Particularly in this city, yeah. I'd be, yeah, that that would get me fit for Iron Man, that's for sure. So I'd be bullshit, man. That's pretty epic. I think it's a great superpower. Yeah. That, that is. Yeah. How long do you think you'd last for? Well, I'd say I'd be pretty busy, so I think so. maybe that's the job I would do as opposed to being uh, in Novus, going back to your question before, if I wasn't here, what would I do? I would fly around the city continuously through windows telling people that they're talking rubbish and then fly off again. So uh, what colour pants would you have over your tights then? Uh, well, we'd probably have to go Novus brand orange. Or maybe, yeah, maybe a grey a grey type suit with an orange over pant. And a little... Novus logo somewhere. No, no, I love BS on the uh, big letters on my chest. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm really grateful for your time today. I know it's very valuable during the working day, which is 24-7, I know. But thank you very much for dig? your... Are you digging at me? No, dear. No, dear. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. But I'd really like to say thank you for your time and your energy that you've brought to your podcast. Um, and I really hope our l- listeners enjoy listening to it and if anyone needs to find you again they can find you at our office everyone is always welcome absolutely no thank you it's been a an experience not a pleasure (laughs) a new experience my wife i haven't had in 25 years (laughs) right thanks listeners take care have a good day thank you